Welcome to the I Want to Like Whiskey podcast. Maybe you've had a bad experience with whiskey in the past or had very strong, neat spirit thrust upon you and surprisingly not enjoyed it. If so, then this is the conversation for you. I'm Rob Patchett, Global Whiskey Ambassador for the Cotswolds Distillery, and I'm joined by leading personalities in the drinks industry who agree that more people need to drink whiskey, but on their terms. We discuss whiskey cocktails, experiences, great people to follow in the industry, and how you can find your way into whiskey. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the I Want to Like Whiskey podcast. I am your host Rob, as always, and today I am joined by quite the whiskey celebrity, someone that is not only a TV presenter, a journalist, but also the founder of Our Whiskey, plus so many other endeavours within the whiskey world that I can't even keep up. So today's guest is Becky Paskin. Becky, great to have you here. Hey Rob, I'm so thrilled to be on your podcast it's such a pleasure thanks for having me I don't think anyone's called me a celebrity before so that's a first yes another first for the greatest whiskey podcast in the world I really appreciate that and also um there's quite a lot going on right now so I guess you know to a certain degree we'll get into our questions shortly but I mean more than anything you know you have been on quite the crusade over the last few years to really make whiskey such a more exciting equitable and approachable place for everybody and I guess more than anything I guess if you could give everyone a introduction to yourself I don't think I did you justice with regards to what you're doing right now do you know how long have you got (laughs) it feels like you know I've only really been in the whiskey industry for maybe 15 years at a push and it just feels like so much has happened in just a short space of time I for a kind of a brief overview, I suppose, for anyone listening, is I am a journalist. I uh, trained to be a journalist. Initially, my plan was to become a film critic, but that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I found myself in whiskey, uh, not necessarily as a whiskey critic. Uh, I'm not here to critique whiskey, but to, to write about it and to tell whiskey stories. So I was editor of the Spirits Business magazine which is a global trade publication, and then moved on to scotchwhiskey.com as editor back in, gosh, 2015, uh, which feels like a lifetime ago now. Sadly, that site folded towards the end of 2019, and since then I've gone out on my own and uh, launched Our Whiskey, which uh, it's kind of has a two-pronged approach. So Our Whiskey is a subscription club, we really have the mantra of uh, making whiskey uh, open and exciting and fun for everybody. So we have no ego. It is all about making whiskey um, exciting and just trying new whiskies from around the world. We really have an inclusive club. Um, we try different whiskies. We send them through the, the mail. The box fits through your letterbox every month. And we try and make it really uh, accessible and affordable for everybody. And then on the other side, I also run the Our Whiskey Foundation, which is a non-profit supporting women working in the global whiskey industry. And we do uh, mentorship programs and have a fund for qualifications and do a little bit of uh, working with whiskey partners all around the world on uh, making sure campaigns are nice and inclusive, uh, talking about how we can make the whiskey industry a more welcoming and wonderful place, more than it is so already. 
before we get into all of the questions and everything that is, you know, the criteria of this podcast, I really do want to actually ask you more questions about the mentor side of our whiskey, because I do love the subscription side. We've been part of it. Alice was part of one of your tastings, and I think it is wonderful. But I do think there needs to be more emphasis and just more of a conversation around what you're trying to achieve and what you are achieving with the mentor side. I mean, could you give me another couple of minutes on that? Because I think more people need to be aware of just how important that part is. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting because I always wanted. Listen, when I when I started writing about whiskey and talking about whiskey, I was one of the only women. I would quite often go on press trips and be the only woman on that trip, and quite often, even it's the same today. I've gone on press trips and been the only woman in the room. It strikes me as strange that we see whiskey as being a man's drink and that it's made by men for men. But there are so many women who are in roles as master distillers and blenders and marketing and distillery ownership. And there are a lot of young women coming up through the ranks as well on their career journey. And it struck me that there was no programme in place globally that that was supporting women on their career journey in what is a very patriarchal industry. So when I launched the Our Whiskey Foundation, it really was with the idea that we wanted to empower, support and recognise women working within the whiskey industry because, you know, women perform such a vital role. You know, Alice is master distiller at Cotswold. She is the one making the whiskey. Um, and hopefully we'll see more of Alice um, as, as time goes forward but there are so many young women coming through so so far the mentorship program has seen 100 women uh, paired with mentors from around the world and these are the biggest names in whiskey who are all helping them achieve their goals working towards that we as part of the program create a networking group so we have a WhatsApp conversation that goes off <laughs> all the time but it, in a really wonderful way if anyone's been a part of a whatsapp group and you know that people are having a conversation it will go off all the time but it's so lovely seeing the conversations because everyone is supporting each other we're sharing our big wins uh, we're providing advice we're sharing our love of whiskey as well and doing this in a global way which has never been done before <laughs> and and done on this kind of scale where it's created this really lovely inclusive community of women who are supporting each other and you know there's a statistic that 80% of people who have been mentored go on to be mentors so we're also creating the mentors of the future paying it forward as well we're paying it forward yeah you know I can't I actually can't really take credit for any of this at all because it's the it's the ladies who are coming through the mentorship program who are absolutely killing it. And so many of them have uh, gained promotions. They've, they've gone through this program and they've got new jobs. One woman was hired by her mentor. I can't talk about some of the roles that they've been given at the minute because they've not been announced yet. But about five or six from our current intake have all achieved new jobs within the first month of being on the program and it it just astounds me um every time I think about it just how amazing these people are that 
you know, this is they are the future of whiskey, and it just makes me so proud to um, be a part. For those of for those of you listening right now, and um, whether or not this video actually makes it onto any streaming source, Becky has the biggest smile on her face right now from talking about all of these people and how wonderful they're doing within the whiskey world and what's being created. And yeah, so just be aware. There's a massive smile on Becky's face right now. And. and- also, I can't talk about the foundation without bigging up Millie Milliken, who is our head of content. She's also the head of the mentorship program, and she's been doing a phenomenal job in helping me build this out and, and helping all of our mentees. And believe me, when we sit down and match our mentees with our mentors, it's not an easy job. We have 50 places on every intake, and the last intake we had, there were 150 applications. So wow. the, two, the two of us will sit down and go through every pairing meticulously to make sure we have the correct match, the one that's really going to help both mentor and mentee. So Millie's been such an integral part of, of that journey, a very talented journalist, very talented writer. And um, I certainly wouldn't have achieved anything with the Arbusky Foundation if it wasn't for her. Let's get back to episode one if you want to hear more from Millie as well. Um, yeah, I think Millie's absolutely awesome. I think the pair, the pair of you are just this incredible force to be reckoned with. And, uh, you know, any which way in which people can be more aware of both of you individually, collectively, and as part of our whiskey, then, you know, we need to amplify that more because like you said, over what, 150 people, 150 applicants, 50 placements, that's only going to grow. That's only going to get better. So, um, yeah, be sure to Google it as soon as you've finished listening to this podcast. Okay, so I'm going to keep things moving. We're not going to dismiss or skip over that, but there are some very vital questions that I want to know about you, Becky Paskin. Uh, First and foremost, the obvious one, what sparked your love of whiskey? I just laughed when you said Becky Paskin because um, people tend to use my full name when they're mad at me. (laughs) I am not mad at you. I am just one of those very informal styles of presenters. (laughs) <laughs> Where did my love of whiskey come from? Um, it wasn't my first taste, let me tell you that. It never is. It no, never is, is it? <laughs> I really disliked whiskey when I first tried it. I mean, I was underage for a start, um, and I didn't know what I was doing. I found a bottle of, I think it was Grant's, down the side of my big brother's couch, and he was out at work. He'd left me at his house all day, and I just took a massive swig out of it, thinking I was the coolest thing on earth. I was about 15, 16. I yeah. thought I was the coolest thing on earth. Oh my God. It was the most disgusting thing. And of course, as you could probably imagine, I just coughed it up. <laughs> I was coughing and spluttering. And I was, oh, I'm never going near whiskey again. That is the most disgusting thing. So I, I, it's, it's funny because it wasn't until I became a journalist writing about spirits that I found whiskey to be of interest. I wasn't interested in it when I started writing about spirits. I was maybe more of a rum person. I mm. loved the taste of rum. I loved the the, the depth of flavor, the sweetness, um, the, the, the slight vanilla kind of flavor you get with rum. But it wasn't until I started tasting around different kinds of whiskey that I realized that a lot of what I loved about rum was actually inherent in whiskey as well, but with less of that sweetness and more complexity even. You know, this was this was about 15 years ago as well. So at that point, we didn't get anywhere near the breadth of rums as we do today. 
Yeah, it's shockingly. I mean, this. <laughs> I say this. We're literally distilling rum for like the fourth day, <laughs> as we speak. But yeah, I mean, rum is. Whilst rum is coming into its popularity now, it also does have, as you say, the roots in a lot of people's whiskey journey. It does for me. I was definitely like you, a rum drinker, big time before I even touched whiskey with enjoyment in mind. Yeah, but I think you know. Coming from rum into whiskey was probably one aspect. The taste of it was one aspect. But the thing that really got me hooked on whiskey was the sheer number of stories that exist within the whiskey universe and the people. Every single person has a story to tell. And everyone was so kind and so generous with their time in helping me learn more about whiskey. And listen, I'm I'm a journalist. I'm a I'm a storyteller. I thrive on stories and it was a category that just had so many of them. It I just I was just enwrapped with the romance of whiskey, not just in scotch but in all whiskey and uh, it I got hooked and and that was that. And uh, once you start going down the rabbit hole, you that's it, you're never getting back out of it again. It never stops, does it? It never stops. And I think the great thing about getting into whiskey today is the accessibility, not only of all of those stories, but the accessibility to the people that can tell those stories. Um, I think I've said this before, but with social media, YouTube, you know, interactive websites, more people doing podcasts as well, you have so much more access to the information, to the people and to the stories than ever before, that if you really want to fall down that rabbit hole, today is the day, right? <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much going on and there are so many amazing people telling the stories of whiskey and you know it's it's interesting because um I'm glad I don't think you use this word to describe me but a lot of people when they use my byline on things they'll describe me as a whiskey expert and I don't really like that because I am nowhere near being an expert and I might have you know be a keeper of the quake and I might have some awards for talking about whiskey which I think my teachers at high school would laugh at um, I think it's interesting for me using that word expert because I don't think anyone is really ever an expert because you're always learning. You're always There's always something more to know. You can't be an expert at a particular subject. It might be my specialism, but there's no way I know as much as some of the people who've been in this industry for, for decades. But that's Have one you ever had this one thrown at you? Oh, so you're a, you're a whiskey connoisseur. Do you know that I word connoisseur? I despise that word. I hate it. It's so bad. <laughs> conjures an image of so, like a guy in a suit like swirling a brandy glass with a puffing on a cigar and that's cool for some people and I know there's a huge sector of whiskey drinkers that do that but connoisseur is just so elitist and snobby and I'm it's the worst it is absolutely worse I mean whenever you speak to people that don't have an interest in whiskey or don't drink it they're the two things that get, you get thrown at you, aren't they? The, oh, you're a whiskey connoisseur. Oh, you're a whiskey expert. And the first response from my point of view is, no, not at all. I know things, but I'm neither of those things. I just... I drink yeah. and I know things. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I drink and I know things. I drink and I know... But yeah, at the end of the day, having those two words, I would prefer if people... I don't know. I, I like the idea of... Like, when... when you have to describe a subsector of people within the industry and they go, Oh, you know, the whiskey geeks, the whiskey nerds. And it's like, I would prefer curious, you know, the whiskey curious, the people that are searching out information, the people that are 
looking for more answers and scratching beneath the surface. I don't think we need to attribute geek, nerd, connoisseur, expert, any of those words to people who work in the industry, love the industry and have a genuine interest in it. Absolutely. It's curiosity, you know, to answer that question, which was how did you fall in love with whiskey? I've got to say it's curiosity because... It's got to be, right? Once, yeah, you, once, once you start learning more about this amazing category, there's just so much more to learn about. And that cur- you're constantly trying to scratch that itch and trying to learn a little bit more of like, okay, well, if that means that, then, then what about that? And then you start going down a A to Z of Scottish whiskey distilleries and then the history, and then you start in dark, dark corners of whiskey history, which you never even intended to. It's a wonderful place to be, really is. And I think the other thing as well is, you know, if you if you really do have that curiosity, you find, you know, you find yourself going, asking stupid, not stupid questions, but questions like, well, I wonder what the rotation of crop means that for the actual list of barleys that will be allowed for distilling this year, or oh, I wonder what the tax increase will look like in Scotland versus USA imports. And then all of a sudden, those curiosities, you're going into economics, agriculture, politics, um, all these different sort of elements of the industry where you go, okay, I think I've fallen deeper than I needed to be at the moment. Yeah, and that's why no one can be an expert because there's way too much to hold in the human brain. Too much. Yeah, too much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, uh, to keep on track because otherwise you and I will digress all over the place because that's what us whiskey curious do. Um, whiskey moments, like everyone has them, uh, good and bad. Um what would be the one that you would say is your whiskey moment that just sticks right at the top of your memory for a positive reason? Um, yeah, that's it. Just one. Oh, you know, I'm really lucky that as a journalist, I have had access to some incredible whiskey that most of us would 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 never have the opportunity to try and I'm very very aware of my privilege in that position I've tasted some incredible whiskey in some incredible locations with some wonderful people and some it's there's 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 probably two memories that come to mind that I would love to talk about one would be <laughs> and this sounds really wanky. <laughs> it was it was sitting on Port Ellen Beach on Isla with a dram of Port Ellen. Now Port Ellen is a distillery which closed in 1983, and since then the, the very rare stocks of whiskey that exist from that distillery. Um, have been dwindling and also gaining uh, so much value that opening a bottle of Port Helen, you, you pretty much have to remortgage your house to, yeah. to do so. Um, so the fact that we had the opportunity to not only drink some lovely Port Helen, but to enjoy it at the beach, outside the distillery, on Isla, sun in the sky, sea lapping at our feet, seagulls squawking in the distance was just the most incredible experience and I'll never ever ever forget it and I'll be forever grateful for the person who paid for that (laughs) but 
and it was it was an absolutely wonderful experience but I don't want to say that that's my ultimate favorite memory because it's so unachievable actually one of my other favorite whiskey memories was um being around uh my 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 friend's house with their family for New Year's Eve. And there were a few of us around the same age. All of the oldies had gone to bed. You know, we'd had New Year's, they'd all gone to bed. And it was just like four or five of us left, still up after midnight. And we said, hey, why don't we crack open a bottle of whiskey? All I'd brought with me was a bottle of Shivers Regal, 12-year-old. Nothing wrong with that. And we drank most of that bottle that evening. But it was one of my favourite memories because it was just a few of us bonding over a few glasses of whiskey and it wasn't expensive it wasn't it wasn't a Port Ellen sat on Port Ellen Beach it was a very normal occasion drinking a delicious but very affordable whiskey and that'll always stick with me because yeah I think that's what whiskey's for really it's for sharing with others and and enjoying each other's company yeah it's a conduit it's absolutely just a conduit isn't it because like you say you know Isla seems to be a regular answer when it comes to where have you shared whiskey moments, but also beaches, sat with friends, you know, it's, it's not about, like you say, it's not about the expense of something or the rarity of the whiskey. It's actually just the liquid itself allowing you to sit with people in various places, be it beaches, be it Islas, you know, be in front rooms and just going, this is awesome. I love this. You you stop and have that reflective moment in that in that time and just go, yeah, this is great. And so, yeah, two answers, but absolutely exactly what we all want to hear when it comes to what whiskey moment conjures up the best memories. And that is people, place, and then product third, or maybe even fourth. Mm. That's the most important thing. I think it's it's the it's the it's. They're two very different answers for two very different reasons, but you have an emotional connection to them, and that's why they stick in your memory. One is because I knew how lucky I was in that moment to be tasting something that would never be made again in a place that at that point hadn't been announced that it was going to reopen. Mm. So it was a museum. It was a derelict museum of a distillery, and we're sat there enjoying the, the, the product of that distillery that will never exist ever again once we've consumed it. So it was special. It was a moment in time. Yeah. And that's a very, very different memory to having a really fun, enjoyable moment with friends. And but it, that's all it comes back to is emotional attachment and, and that's what I think makes the makes the memory. And as you say, whiskey is a conduit for that. Yeah, and I think also yeah, it is more it is more about that emotional attachment than anything else. It, and you know, we all have them in different ways as well. Um but yeah, both really good ones. Um, okay, not to be too too robotic, but I am gonna be a little bit just so that we can keep time. Um now this one it as my line of questioning evolves over this podcast, I am trying to reword things and you know, I guess I've traditionally always called this a guilty pleasure whiskey serve, but I don't think that guilt should ever be a factor when it comes to drinking whiskey. And so I guess I would say this is uh, the unconventional or the recalcitrant serve of whiskey. I, you know, ones in the past have been uh, bourbon and root beer from Millie, um, smoky cokies, you know, thanks to Colin Dunn. Uh, I will forever beat the drum and I have on every single episode of this podcast and forever will the whiskey pina colada. 
what would you say is a way in which you enjoy whiskey that you would advise people that goes against the tradition of drinking it neat, drinking it on ice? Oh, okay. I love all of those suggestions. They all sound amazing. Love the bourbon and root beer. I am a really big, on that kind of line, I'm a really big fan of highballs, um, whiskey and uh, any type of flavoured soda. Just yes. match the flavour in the whiskey with the flavour of soda. And, you know, pop into your local waitress. They've got tons and tons of different flavours now, so choose something. Um, I um, caught a lot of stick from the most passionate whiskey lovers for putting a cola cube, you know, the retro sweets, yeah, uh, yeah. in my glass of bourbon once. Um, if you stir it down slowly, the sugar and the flavour dissolves in the bourbon. Maybe add a splash of water to help that work. Um, but that's just a really nice, different way of enjoying it. I think it was during a lockdown and I was really bored. <laughs> it's sugar and it's implementing a different style of flavour. And then obviously Amaro bitters either at the forefront of what Coca-Cola flavour profiles are anyway. So that's, that's actually I mean, quite genius. You- if you wanted to take it one step further, you could probably really dissolve those cola cubes in some uh, water like you would do a sugar syrup. Yeah. Uh, and then to make a cola cube sugar syrup out of them and then you could create a, a cola old fashioned. So add in some orange bitters with your whiskey and the cola syrup. Yep. I think that would work beautifully. Um, I don't know if you're going to count that one as my, uh, my whiskey serve. I actually agree with the guilty pleasure line. I don't think any way of enjoying something that if there's something you enjoy, you shouldn't feel guilty about it. That's up to you. And it's a very personal experience. One of the ways I really enjoy whiskey and I'm trying to get everybody latched onto this is by putting whiskey in an espresso martini. Yes. We need to talk about this. It is. I don't, I mean, okay. Um, Dick Bradsall, I believe, is yep. the guy who created the espresso martini. Now, um, all homage to Dick. He was such an innovative creator, great um, cocktail craftsman. But I actually think whiskey works better in an espresso martini than vodka. And if you think about it, you've got you know these wonderful flavours of coffee and chocolate. Why would you put in vodka, which has no taste? why not put in something that already inherently has vanilla, nutty, maybe a touch of fruit in there, uh, maybe chocolate flavours within that that whiskey as well, maybe a touch of coconut. All of those flavours work so well with coffee. Why wouldn't you put whiskey in an espresso martini? It just elevates it. Like chef's kiss. Stunning. Yeah. I think you are absolutely right. I think in the last episode with Beth and Phoebe, I said exactly the same thing. Whiskey espresso martinis, 100%. Um, yeah, if you go back to the last episode, I did a whole load with New Make as well. Um, but yes. Nice. It's whiskey espresso martinis all the way. Now, one I was at, we were both at Whiskey Live the other week. Um, I did hear, I had a conversation with someone, I won't name her name, um, just because it was one of her friends and I don't want to get her in trouble. Um, she actually came up to me and she said, I think I found a way in which I've, got a whiskey serve that I might have to disagree with and I was like interesting do tell she was at a house party and one of her friends who doesn't really drink whiskey grabbed a bottle of whiskey poured it into a glass and then grabbed a bottle of Monin caramel syrup mm-hmm. and 50 50 it I am not in any way shape or form the person that should ever say how people should and shouldn't drink whiskey 
but I don't know whether I think I draw the line at that. Uh, did her friend enjoy it? Well, this is it. I mean, if she did, I'm happy for her, but oh, that is pushing the limits that, of I mean, how that's one should. Very sweet. That's massively. Very sweet. I mean, I. I mean, essentially, that's just an old-fashioned without the bitters. Put it that way, isn't it? But um, maybe not quite fifty-fifty. Yeah, I guess with that one, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna have to test it out. I'm just gonna have to test it out. Go on my Instagram and go. Do you know what? I'll stand corrected. It could be absolutely incredible. We never know. It might taste a little bit like you know those toffee vodkas you can get. Like it might actually have tasted a bit like that because they're really, really sweet, aren't they? But then, then you then you don't taste the alcohol, so maybe. To be honest, if it gets them into drinking whiskey, fine, whatever. Go after it, yeah. yeah. Right, I will put something on Instagram with me drinking 50-50 caramel syrup and whiskey. And um, <laughs> when I pass out and come back to, you will see the conclusions of that trial. But, you will um, be hyperactive after drinking that. <laughs> <laughs> when I come back from a run uh, and I don't run, then there you go. You'll have your answers. But um, yeah, I thought I'd throw that one in there. And just going back to your answer about the highball... I tasted something the other week that was absolutely sensational and everyone has access to it. Do you remember Apple Tizer? Yeah. Whiskey and Apple Tizer. Oh, nice. That hits. Yeah. Yep. With a nice, like a light style of whiskey. That's nice. Fresh, crisp, apple style of whiskey. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Delicious. Absolutely. That's yeah. Great. And going also, sorry, I know we're going to. No, keep at it. We're um, going back to what you mentioned about New Make and being at Whiskey Live. The line of um, New Make spirits from Holyrood Distillery were fascinating. Did you get yeah. to try them? I've tried them before. I didn't get over to their stand, but um, everybody says exactly the same thing. What they're creating with New Make alone is beyond incredible unbelievable the flavors that came out of every single different uh every different new make and they're just changing the type of barley and the roast of barley and the yeast that they're using it's all it's all unaged whiskey all could potentially be unaged whiskey but the flavors were just incredible my favorite i think was I think they'd just used a combination of brewer's yeast and distiller's yeast, and it had created mm. this really lovely estuary uh, new make spirit, which could have passed for uh, a Ray and Nephew uh, rum. It would have wow. been absolutely slammed in a daiquiri. Absolutely stunning. Amazing. I think there's a lot more conversations to be had around what new make is these days because it differs so much. I mean, so many young distilleries have to create a new make that is of a really, really high quality that can be drank now Mm. so that you don't need years uh, to flash off any faintiness or anything like that. Mm. So I think there is a whole big conversation around new make and young distilleries and what that can be worked with yeah, uh, for the future yeah absolutely um so we've actually covered what mi- what mixes we like go to the waitrose aisle have a look um i must shout out Tallulah and seckford mixers um because Tallulah has created something that is absolutely sensational and her whiskey mixer is a highball sensation so look out for that one um but yeah i think in our little uh cluster of conversation there we actually covered off our favorite little uh, our favorite whiskey serves how sh- here we go. How would you recommend someone gets into whiskey? Uh, I it depends where you're at. So do you have an intense dislike of whiskey? Have you had that once uh, that one whiskey once like I did as a youngster with my brother's bottle of whiskey where you just had an intense dislike? Um, 
I think, you know, when we're younger and we try something for the first time, it can be easy to form an opinion and just to never go back to it. But the world of spirits in general has really moved on. And, you know, for me, that spirit for me was tequila. You know, mm. when, I, when yeah. I was younger, going to a nightclub, having really cheap, horrible, uh, mass-produced tequila, which I don't really think should count as tequila, uh, made me sick and was disgusting. But nowadays there are so many delicious types of tequila and mezcal that are available. Uh, yeah, because I mean, really high, it, they don't even have to be celebrity endorsed and they can be good. Well, please don't get a celebrity endorsed. <laughs> <laughs> please choose the, uh, the, the, the nice uh, independent, independent yes. ones. Um, but sorry, I'm digressing a little bit. To, 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 to get into whiskey, if you've had that experience before, is maybe don't try it neat straight away because that can often be something that's off-putting whiskey has a reputation for being too strong for um you know smelling of wood and just being generally it it can be quite off-putting to those people who have had a bad experience but it can be so much more than that and i think whiskey can too often be shrouded in rules around how you should and shouldn't drink it and my advice would be don't listen to anyone who tells you how to drink whiskey or how not to drink whiskey. Bearing in mind, I am about to tell you how to drink whiskey. <laughs> so maybe listen <laughs> to me and listen to Rob and listen to the guests on this podcast. But Listen to people that you trust because they have your best interest. Because like Becky said as well, if you just go at it neat, you're going to feel like you're poisoned. And I've said this time and time again, if gin was only meant to be drank room temperature and neat, no one would touch gin. No, absolutely not. Um, so I actually, I actually have a serve which is tried and tested and will turn any whiskey doubter into a whiskey lover. 100%. We must know. We must 100%. know. Now, I've tried, I, this, was, this is not my recipe. This is actually by a, a bartender called Julia Cuccarolo, who's a head bartender at the Artesian in London. And he created this for a seminar that uh, we co-hosted at a drink show in London. Um, but the crowd absolutely loved it. So I then took that cocktail to Love Your Weekend, which is the Alan Titchmarsh show I uh, present on ITV on Sunday mornings. And there's a group of people who weren't that into whiskey and every single one of them loved it. Okay. So if you're not, if you're listening to this, Hopefully you're whiskey curious if you are listening to this because this whole podcast is about whiskey. Uh, this is the this is the you. Now you can use any whiskey as the base. I would go for something that's got um, a kind of nice fruitiness to it. So actually Cotswolds would work really well or a space side or just something that's kind of like orchard fruit, um, peachy vibe would be quite nice. You want 40 ml of whiskey, 20 ml of dry vermouth, 10 ml of lemon juice, and 20 ml of orgeat syrup. Mm-hmm. Shake all of those together with ice and then top it, put it in a glass and then top it with London Essence peach and jasmine soda. Now this is a magic soda. <laughs> I have a can of that in the fridge and that is happening this afternoon. It makes everything taste delicious. I promise you this comes with the Becky Paskin seal or approval. This is the drink that will get you into whiskey. It's 100% foolproof. Delicious. And can we call it the Paskin? No, because I didn't 
I didn't come up with it. You can call it the Julia. Uh, actually, she called it Take Me, Take Me to the Forest. Okay, cool. We'll call it that. Take we'll call it that. Forest. Right. Love it. That sounds incredible, and I'm going to make that immediately. That is amazing. Thank you. Okay. Um, right. We're not going to wrap up, but we are going to sort of wind down into a few questions that I always finish the podcast with. Um, previously, I've called it the punch-up section. Again, connotations of violence that are completely unnecessary. So I guess... Uh, again, let's rebrand this with uh, Amplify and Platform, people that need to be amplified and platformed for all of the positive things that they're doing, but no one knows about it. Wow, that's getting long-winded. Okay. <laughs> that was a long <laughs> Over to you, Becky, if you can dissect that ridiculous question. Um, okay, the people who I think deserve uh, amplification. I, look... I, I'm a huge supporter of women working in the whiskey industry and I think a lot of brands realise that when they've got amazingly talented women working for them, they do tend to pick them up quite a lot. So I'm today going to bat for those who don't necessarily come from a brand, they're independent, but they're absolutely killing it at the minute. Uh, and also if you're into whiskey, then you could probably learn a thing or two. So. I can't name one person, but I've got um, three pairs of people <laughs> to talk Go, go, go. About. This okay. sounds great. This sounds three great. Pairs. So these are all recommendations for, sorry, Rob, other podcasts. Um, you can go and learn a little bit from. So there are a lot of women who, you know, when I started out talking about whiskey, as I said earlier on, I was the only woman in the room. I was the only woman writing about whiskey and Things have really changed now. There are so many women communicating, not just through writing, but through uh, social media, podcasting, uh, content creation, everything. So my favourite communicators at the moment are Chelsea and Pam, who are behind the Dram Fine podcast. Yes. They are bringing whiskey to life in a really fun, easygoing way. Their podcasts are just lighthearted. They've got really great friendship, great banter between them. They know their stuff and they're just, everything is bright and vibrant. And I just love that about Dram Fine. They're based in Canada, uh, but they absolutely know so much about whiskey. So if you want to learn a bit more, then go and listen to Dram Fine. Um, my second podcast suggestion is Whiskey Sisters from Inca yes. and Jen. And again, mm -hmm. they are two uh, friends who absolutely love whiskey. They know their stuff. They actually, <laughs> they met and bonded over their shared passion for whiskey and guns and roses. Um, <laughs> if you if you look at some of their um, their branding, it's really rock and roll. So they're really taking their, their shared passion for whiskey and rock and just amplifying it and having fun with it. And I just... It's a if you if you if you want to get into whiskey but want to avoid some of the geekery and the 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 snobbishness that accompanies it. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of the snobbery. Yeah, and just make it fun. Yeah. Um, and then my third suggestion is more of a YouTube channel, but they do do follow them on social media as well. And this is the Grail Tastings. 
Uh, yes, they are hilarious. Really They're brilliant. Dead. They are so funny. Just the, the small little clips that they pull out of their YouTube uh, videos and put on social media. I'm like, They're so good. Laughing along with them. They bring so much joy and laughter to whiskey. So they uh, met as tour guides when they worked at Deanston and they now run a, a whiskey and craft spirit shop in Calendar. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> Which, um, but it's it, they produce these amazing amazing videos reviewing whiskey just laughing having a great time as i say just having fun with it and that's what whiskey is all about so i yeah. would sorry i know that's not with just one person but there are no rules there are no rules and are you no. know part part of part of whiskey part of our narrative part of this podcast is there aren't any rules so three ten fifteen let's just get after it Okay, but there is a limit to how many there should be. Yeah, well, I guess time is our only limitation and our only rule, really. Um, okay, so those three, absolutely. Dramfine, Whiskey Sisters, and it's the Whiskey Grail, isn't it? The Whiskey Grail, yeah. Or yeah, Grail, yeah. Grail Tastings. Grail Tastings. Some of the reactions they have to whiskies as well. They're not detrimental to the whiskey, but just the faces that they pull are hilarious. The Grail um, Tastings, yeah. Yeah, Grail Tastings, apologies ladies if I got that incorrect, but Grail Tastings, Grail Tastings, Grail Tastings, there we go. Um, as well as what, I guess as well as who, sorry, what would you like to make people more aware of with regards to be it products or schemes or anything really? Um, I mean, of course, you should be more aware of the R Whiskey Subscription Club because uh, yes. we're, we're breaking down the rules, our, our ethos is your well, whiskey, your rules. Please tell us about the next release or whatever you can tell us of the next release and what you've got coming up with our whiskey. Oh, God, well, I can't give it away. Well, no, don't give it away, but just make it, <laughs> okay. you know. Okay, well, well, you know, I am a really big music fan and for all my sins, I love Eurovision. So the next tasting will be Eurovision themed. And so we have two really fun uh, and delicious whiskies coming out of Europe which are a little bit different I would be very surprised if our members have actually tried them before and we're going to do a little bit of a Eurovision whiskey taste off <laughs> during our live tasting uh, which happens uh, usually on the the last Thursday of every month but uh, this one's actually going to be I don't know when this podcast coming out this one's on uh, the 26th of April uh, so podcast wise I think I'm going to bring it out in about a week or so maybe 10 days so it'll be before eurovision so people can still get in their orders to our whiskey and also be online for a quite memorable whiskey tasting by the sounds of it yeah definitely get online for it the um fortunately the the subscriptions for that tasting have now closed so you won't be able to get involved in that tasting you won't be able to get pack out to you but do join us on our youtube channel which is uh, just our whiskey and join them for the fun because it's going to be a really really good show and if you're inspired then make sure you subscribe because uh, our following month in may is going to be extra special as well there you go get after it at ourwhiskey.com get subscribing because as i say cotswolds has been a part of it previously the whiskies are always of the most amazing caliber so please do go and subscribe because it'll be well worth your time yeah. um, um okay last one where where would you say you know People say it to you all the time. They say it to me every now and again. I want to like whiskey. 
and you know you can point them in the direction of different whiskies, different people, different podcasts. Where would you send people should they have that curiosity and that question? I um, I live in Brighton, so I'm a I'm a real English, as you could probably tell from my accent. I'm not I'm not a Scottish <laughs> whiskey fanatic. I'd never been to Scotland before I started writing about whiskey. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not. So living in Brighton, we have been um, missing for a very long time a decent whiskey bar until recently one opened. So I couldn't answer this question without mentioning Cut Your Wolf Loose in Brighton, which is next level whiskey bar. Forget, you have to completely forget leather armchairs, there's no wooden shelving there's no dingy dark room i mean they do have a basement but it's no it's not dingy it's not dark it's completely covered from floor to ceiling in graffiti it's fun they have an amazing playlist on they do cocktails they do beers they do tastings they also do independent bottlings and the label for each one takes its image from a massive massive like I would say 10 foot graffiti drawing uh, outside on their terrace so they change that on a quarterly basis and then plonk it on the label it's such a fun bar it's completely different you can borrow you can even borrow a permanent marker and go and graffiti the toilet if you want to this is not like any other whiskey bar you've ever seen before but they are very knowledgeable so if you want to learn about whiskey and you want a different whiskey experience and you happen to be in Brighton this summer, Cut Your Wolf Loose is the one to go. It's the road that runs underneath Brighton Station. So get down there. Yeah, absolutely. Seb's a great guy. The bar's amazing. The independent bottlings that they release are brilliant. And yeah, the the nod to artists and artistry and all of the creativity around what they do is absolutely incredible. So I too say that, but you know, this is all about this is all about just people being able to go places that feel safe and they can enjoy whiskey and have a laugh because that's what we're all in it for. It's, it's and so, it's so, go on. And yet every time I'm in that bar as well, it, I'm always pleasantly surprised by how many women are in there as well. There's is yeah. majority women go in to drink the whiskey in there. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we could go on for another episode about you know just how refreshing and mm. how necessary that site is, but. Mm. Um, I guess we'll do a part two at some point. That would be wonderful. And But finally, just to wrap up, before we go anywhere, Becky Paskin, whiskey expert, whiskey connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, I'm just winding you up. Um, Becky Paskin, if there is anything you would like to promote about your work, any venues, any socials, anything, of course, we've talked about our whiskey, but I don't think we can talk about it enough. But please use this as a space to promote everything that you're doing all at once. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this and uh, letting me whittle on and to to Rob for having me too. If you want to learn more about our whiskey, you can go to ourwhiskey.com. Please do sign up for a subscription as a small business. We really do love um, all the support that we can get. And of course, you will benefit from hand-picked whiskies by me, yours truly, uh, every month through the post, through your letterbox. Uh, So come and join our our growing community. If you want to learn more about the Our Whiskey Foundation and the work we're doing to help support women in the whiskey industry, then head to ourwhiskeyfoundation.org. 
uh, a proportion of profits from the subscription club gets donated to the foundation, which is a non-profit. So um, uh, great cause. And if you want to learn more about that, then head over there. And if you would like to follow me personally on Instagram, I'm at Becky Paskin. And then if all of that fails, just go on ITV on a Saturday morning and there you'll be. Sunday morning, Rob. It's Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. Weekends are a blur to me and I do apologise about that. Alan Titchmarsh, I don't mean any disrespect by that either. But yes, Becky is also on ITV on Sunday mornings. Uh, love your weekend. And some of the drinks that you put on there are absolutely outstanding. So make sure you find that as well. On that note, Becky, I am eternally grateful for you being on this podcast. And um, I think that this is going to go down as one of the best episodes so far. Aww. And... I'm sure there are many more things that we could talk about, so maybe there will be a part two. But for now, I thank you and I thank our listeners for tuning in. Hopefully you've found a little bit of information that will get you a bit more interested into our wonderful world of whiskey, even if it is caramel syrup. But for now, <laughs> thank you and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Rob. Bye, everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Cotswolds Distillery, a grain-to-glass distillery based in the Cotswolds National Landscape, a designated area of outstanding natural beauty and the home of England's best-selling single malt whiskey. Our philosophy is simple. We make delicious spirits in a beautiful part of the world. The Cotswolds Distillery. Our spirit, your whiskey.